This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. To be with you tonight. Are you happy to be here? Excellent. Well, I thank Apostle Theo and Pastor Bev for the opportunity to come and share the word with you. For those of you that are online or in the family room, it's good to, to be able to break bread with you. And I trust that the Lord is going to speak to your heart. He's going to stir your heart. He's going to bring things to your attention, confirm things. I think that tonight will be a night of confirmation. Uh, that's just what I feel in my heart. And so get ready for that, okay? Listen, uh, sort of double listen. Uh, listen to me and then listen to your heart. Um, I believe the Lord is going to speak to you. I want to also just encourage you on our um, to use our CFC app on your phones. I know Pastor Greg asked you to take your phone out. I'm going to ask you to do it again. So we have a CFC app. On that app, we have the notes for every message that gets uh, administered or preached from here. And so I'm going to be referring to that later on tonight. So it'd be great if you, you could have that ready. Maybe you can install it as well. Uh, it's a very cool tool to have and you can email the notes to yourself and so on. So it's a nice way of keeping a reference, a little library if you will. But let's pray. Father, thank you tonight that as we come before you and we are starting this new series talking about seven choices, Father, we thank you that we understand the gravitation of the choices, of the decisions that we make in our lives. And Father, we are depending on you to guide us as you've promised us in your word in the book of Psalms, you said that you will guide us along the best pathway for our lives. That means that there are multiple pathways that we could be along, but you will guide us along the best one. And so I thank you tonight, Father, that you are here, that you are ready to speak to, to every person, including myself, Father. I thank you that we will be blessed, even in this series, Father, as we just learn about decisions. Thank you, Father, for ministering to our hearts. Thank you, Spirit of God, for what you're about to do tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Excuse me. So that's right. We're going to spend, we have seven choices that we're going to be talking to you about. And I wonder if you could figure out how many parts there'll be to the seven choices series that we're doing. Any ideas? Seven. You guys are too clever. I think you've all been on Bible college. That's just the feeling I get from over here. But uh, the important thing is that they are important. Our choices, the choices that we make are so important. And I think sometimes we can forget that and maybe we make choices without even thinking about them. And, and so I just thank the Lord that we're gonna just realign our, our spiritual compasses as it were, as we embark on the series. And, and so I wanna start by reading you a quote, which I think is really gonna frame this series really well. And this is the quote. Choices determine the difference between where we are and where God wants us to be. Choices determine the distance between where we are and where God wants us to be. And so this tells us that they are very powerful and that we have within our ability, the ability to make some decisions and some that would bring us closer to God. And you know, God's not gonna force you into those choices. It's always gonna be in the power of our own hands. That's the thing about choices. Not only are they important and, and critical and they can determine the path of our lives, but... It's up to us whether we want to walk a closer relationship with God. And that in itself is quite a powerful thing if you think about it. I mean, God could have forced the thing to take place, right? 
But we are free moral agents, and he wanted us to, he wanted to give us the choice. That way it's real. He didn't want to create robots. He wanted to create people. Imagine you married the person because they forced you to marry them. Oh, okay, maybe. All right, maybe they are. I don't know. But uh, can you imagine living a life like that? And so uh, uh, this is uh, something that should really speak to our hearts. And they're a big part of our lives, as I said, and they're powerful and they're destiny-defining. And so it's a great way to start the new year. Although the Lord doesn't wait for a new year, you know, He doesn't wait for the calendar to cross over to the 1st of January before He decides to do something new. But I think it's an easier way for us to have a, a, a fresh slate, so to speak, and, and maybe feel like, you know what, now I, I have the, the faith to believe that something great could happen. So it's good to be reminded about how powerful these choices are because oftentimes we get close to a choice and then we stop with just good intentions. Has that ever happened in your life? And, and good intentions, they're not the same as good choices. They're two different things. And I think all of us here tonight, those of you watching from home, wherever you may be listening to this from, we all have good intentions. We all want to have a great relationship with everybody in our family. We all want to display the love of God. We all want to be generous. We all want to help people. We all have these good intentions. But here's the big idea. They're just not good enough. Good intentions, they're just not good enough. They're right at the edge, but they're not quite putting us across that threshold. And that's what choices do. They push us or put us over that Threshold. You see how important choices are? You may, have hold, uh, you may have heard this old idiom, which is actually from biblical times because the idiomites came up with a saying when they were battling against the Ishmaelites. But anyhow, this is the saying. It says, the roadway to hell is paved with what? Good intentions. They're just not good enough. And you know, sometimes it's easy for us to make an excuse, to come up with an excuse. I think everybody's guilty of making good excuses, but the difference with some is that they make decisions and we wanna be those people. We wanna say, I wanna be a decision maker. No, really, say it. I wanna be a decision maker. So we have choices and that's great, but we have to make decisions based on the choices that we have, right? You don't go to a restaurant and they give you choices and you just stand there looking at them. You have to make a decision on the choices that are put in front of you. And so that's what we believe will happen over these next few weeks is that we will make some decisions that lead us from good intentions to wise decisions. Wise choices that lead us into the will of God for our lives. And so we have a memory verse that, that we're going to look at tonight, which will really be a verse that we see in this series. And it's, a, it's an amazing verse given the title of what we're dealing with. It's in Proverbs chapter 2, verses 11. It would be a great verse for us to memorize. And so this is what it says. It says, wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. Wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. What a great verse. It's so full of God's love. I mean, the, I love the fact that in the world where things don't feel very safe, God's saying we can be safe. Where does this come from? It comes from choices. It's choosing to trust God, to trust God to provide for us, to trust God to look after us, to trust God to guide us to trust God to keep us safe. And not only that, but 
that word understanding in that scripture will help us to make sense out of this world that we're living in. And this world is a little bit topsy-turvy, isn't it? I mean, we don't even know who to believe anymore in this world. But God's saying that understanding will keep us safe. We need understanding. And so choice number one today, we're going to be looking at the book of Ephesians chapter four specifically. And I'm, I'm also excited about this because Ephesians happens to hold one of my favorite scriptures, which is Ephesians 3.20. And in that scripture, it actually tells us that God is able to do things in our lives and through our lives that are greater than what we could even hope or imagine just to show the power of God. But in Ephesians chapter four, what Paul is doing is he's unpacking for us how to put to action the faith that we already have. And so it says in Ephesians four verses one, it says, therefore, and now I don't know if you've heard this before, but whenever we see the word therefore, we have to stop and think what it's there for. And specifically this one, in fact, I think this could be the biggest therefore in the entire Bible. Because what Paul is doing is he's bridging the first three chapters of the book of Ephesians. Chapter one is talking about the love of God and chapter two talks about the riches of God and his inexhaustible riches that we have in him and our salvation by his love and his grace and his mercy. And now what Paul is doing is he saying, okay, because all of that is real and God has created a way for us to be with him and for us to experience all that he has for us, what are we going to do? And so he leans into that and he says, therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Let me just pause there and say that this promise is as true for you and I today as it was for the people that Paul was originally speaking to, that you have a call or you are called by God. And I don't know how that strikes you when I read that or when I say that. Oftentimes we'll try to disqualify ourselves, but the word of God says that God has a call for our lives, not just here in Ephesians, but throughout the entire Bible. God has a call on your life. So I want you to look at your neighbor, either one on the left or on the right, whichever one you feel right now is more spiritual. And this is what I want you to say to them. Look at them and say to them, you are called. God's created a way. That's what Paul's saying. He's created a way. That's the first three chapters. And then he's saying, therefore, you need to know that there's a call of God on your life. It's a big responsibility, you know, and that's why Paul says, so therefore lead a life worthy of that calling. Let us imagine that this pulpit for a moment is the cross. And, and you know, before we have salvation, we're, we're on the side and, and we don't, we can't get saved through any of the works that we do. The Bible has made it very clear that it is a free gift from God. There's absolutely zero that you or I could do to earn or deserve salvation right? It's a gift given to us by God. And so on the other side where salvation is, Paul's saying that, uh, you know, all of this is given to you by free. There's nothing that you could do to earn or deserve it. But he wants us to realize that salvation also comes with a responsibility. And that responsibility is to live out the call that God has on our lives, kind of like a, a job description, or at least once we receive it, 
Paul is making sure that we understand that this gift comes with a responsibility, the salvation, and like a job description where we know what it is that we need to do. It's important that we know what it is that we need to do, right? I mean, think about the first time you had a child. For those of you here that have had a child, or maybe more, let me speak to those that have had more because I think this will be more relevant. But the first time you have a child, you know, it doesn't come. The child doesn't come with a manual. And this is, I think, one of parents' greatest complaints. That there's a, where's the user guide? Yeah. Uh, you know, where's the battery on this, on this uh, real-life uh, baby? And, and so what happens is we go into this and we don't know what it is that we need to do as parents. We learn along the way. And with my first child, I remember it was after the third visit to the doctor with my, my first daughter, I mean, she was still only like three months old or so, and we'd keep going to the doctor when something happened, and if I would like swing her around by one arm, and then she starts crying, you know, maybe I twisted her arm or something, I don't know, I mean, she's three months old already, give me a break, but the point is, the doctor, after the third visit, I remember him looking at us saying, listen, you don't have to come to me every time something, you think something's happened to her, she's not going to break. And then when you have your second child, and your third one, and so on and so forth, Excuse the pun, but uh, the point is that you, you now know what it is that you need to do. You understand the responsibility as a parent. You sort of have learned what the job description is, and you learn that they don't break, they don't melt, they don't listen, uh, but no, they do listen. But the point is that we learn through that, and that's what Paul is wanting us to understand, that we don't have to know everything at once. That's not what our call is all about. You don't wait for a time when you know everything and then you move into that. That's, that's what he's trying to say. And so that's what the scripture is doing. Now that we have confidence and clarity because we understand the responsibility, we've just looked at that, this is what Paul wants us to have. He wants us to, or at least I want you, I'm also Paul, I want you to know today that you can leave church tonight with a confidence and a clarity of the responsibility that comes with this whole journey. And I really want to elaborate that word journey of Christianity. So we want to, I just want to quickly look at a couple of verses here in Ephesians chapter four. We're going to skip down to verse 11 and uh, we're just going to do a little quick Bible study on this and I believe this is really going to bless you. So Ephesians chapter four, verses 11, it says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostle, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. And when I was younger, I thought that the pastor was the minister. I thought that the one who preached was the one that was actually doing the ministry. But uh, what we can see through this verse is that's actually not true. Apostle Theo and, and the pastors and evangelists and teachers and, and those that serve in various uh, of the, the fivefold ministry, the offices that have just been mentioned here in Ephesians, they're actually here to equip the ministers who, or if you took a mirror and looked into that mirror, the person on the other side of that mirror, those are the ones who are the ministers, you ministers. And we're there to equip them. Why? Because... We have a calling. We all have a calling. That calling is a ministry calling. And we are here in the church to help you, to do what God has called you to do, ultimately, so that we can build up the church, not necessarily this church, but the church as a whole, the body of Christ. And in verse 13, it goes on, it says, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith 
and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standards of Christ. So we choose to take next steps. God's always more interested. Listen, he's more, always more interested in what's happening inside of you, or at least what he's doing inside of you, than what he's doing through you. That's where God does his best work. And so in verse 14, it says, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed. that they sound like the truth. So he wants us to come to a point in our lives. He's bringing it home right now. And I know that when I read through that, now as you read it with me in the word, you maybe didn't catch it immediately and I definitely didn't. But going back into the original language, that's really our job description, what he has just mentioned there. The words measuring up to that we read now in uh, uh, verse Uh, 11 through to 13, Uh, in fact, in verse 13, those words measuring up to are really, you could say that like this, you could say moving towards or on the journey of moving forward. That's what that word means. In fact, those three words together are the equivalent of one Greek word, which is the word pleroma. And so that is fullness. And to better understand this, I couldn't give you a description, but let me rather give you a picture to understand this journey that uh, the Lord is talking about here in the Word. And so we have uh, here on the screen, we have a, a ship that's docked in the harbor. Do you see it? Okay, so we have this vessel over here and, and it was empty at one point and so we, we're seeing the ship in the harbor and it's been loaded with a crane. And in this illustration, talking about this, this journey, okay, and that is our call, uh, we are the vessel. Turn to your neighbor and say, hey, uh, my name is Vessel. <laughs> we are the vessel. And, and what God is doing through the Holy Spirit, who would be the crane in this illustration, is he's beginning to load us. He's beginning to, he's beginning to equip us piece by piece, everything we need before we go on this journey. And... It's the piece by piece that's important because it doesn't all happen at once. You've been called and that calling is a ministry calling. So you can take the weight off of you because it is a journey. Our job description is not to have it all together. Sometimes people give up because they feel they don't have it all together. No, this is a journey. Our true job description is on this side of the cross. It is to allow God to grow us one step at a time, piece by piece, until we have everything that we need to go on this journey that God has called us into. That's the responsibility that comes with the cross. It's piece by piece. Isn't that wonderful to know that God is not expecting you to know everything? No, he wants to take you one bit at a time. It's exactly what he did with Paul. It's what he did with everybody. So that's our first choice of the series is that we choose to take next steps because we've got to get on the move. He's loading us, but we have to get on the move. We have to take the next steps. I say that I need to choose to take next steps. And this is where we should start because all that God has done, therefore, we're going to take these next steps. He's put everything in place, but we have to make the choice. 
And human nature is, is that when uh, you know, there is a job, we wanna know the what's behind the job. That's what we're interested in. What am I supposed to do? And it is important. It's very powerful because all the what's are gonna come. Some of, uh, some of us are maybe thinking, well, what is it that I need to do? We'll get there tonight. But what I love in these next few verses is that Paul, by the power of God, is making sure that we understand this. We understand this. Before we ever get to the what, we need, he wants us to understand the why. So let me just take a, a few moments to talk to you about the why. Remember, God is more interested in what he's doing in you than what he is doing through you. That's where he wants to do his greatest work. So God is gonna give us some whys behind the what. We're taking next steps. Why are these next steps such a big deal? Well, in the, very next Paul, in the very next verse, Paul says in verse 14, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We'll not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. So let me quickly give you three things that taking next steps does, the why behind the importance of taking next steps. Firstly, taking next steps produces spiritual strength. And we are living in a very volatile world right now. How many of you would agree with that? And uh, in Paul's writing, he's using the same illustration. He's talking about a ship being tossed about in the ocean. We don't wanna be like that which helps make the next verse make even more sense. We feel sometimes like we're in a sea that's being tossed about and it can be exhausting to live that way. And Paul's recognizing that tension, but what he's giving us is the promise of this, that if you continue to take next steps, you don't have to live that kind of life. Being tossed about all these new doctrines that come out and new teachings, it's amazing the kind of things that people who one would consider to be spiritually strong fall for those teachings. I don't wanna get into that at all, but it's happening around us. And so, uh, you know, we don't have to be that way. You don't have to live that kind of life. You don't have to be tossed around. You have every opportunity, Paul's saying, to get strong in the Lord. And how's that gonna happen? It's gonna happen uh, when you get past immaturity, the place where we all start. And he uses a kind of negative illustration to really drive the point home. You have to leave your childish ways behind. You have to leave immaturity behind. And this is really powerful because to me, when I think about our journey with Christ, most of us here in the room, if you were to be asked, what do you think the number one obstacle or resistance or um, threat is against a Christian who's trying to uh, do the journey of Christianity along with the Lord? What would you say that biggest threat is? I think most of us would say that it is sin. And and yes, sin was a problem before you became a Christian because you had no power to overcome sin. But sin has been overcome through the power of Jesus Christ, which we received at the point of salvation. The biggest obstacle or threat that we have as Christians is not sin, it's immaturity. That's what Paul is saying. And and just listen to this. It says, immaturity just reveals any area of our lives that we've not allowed God to be strong in. Isn't that powerful? So uh, he's saying because wherever we are weak, now we have access to the power of God to be strong. 
So he's saying, put away childish things. Stop being immature. He's talking about growth. I'm not saying we're immature over here. I'm talking about the why is it that we need to take next steps? We need to keep moving forward. We need to grow. Well, let me give it, let me say it to you like this. You know, when um, children, I think, have the greatest job in the world. How many of you would agree with that? I mean, especially on weekends and holidays. They just wake up whenever that might be and say, all right, I want to have breakfast. Where's my Cocoa Pops? Or, you know what, I'm not feeling like breakfast this morning. Don't worry about it. Or they'd say, look, where's my PC? I want to start gaming. Or where's my Barbie? Let me get lost in my, my dream world or my fantasy world. They don't worry about where the cereal comes from and how we're going to get it on the table. They don't have any stress or anything to that effect. They have the greatest job in the world. But how many of you have ever heard when you ask a child, what do you want to be when you grow up, that a child says, I want to be a kid when I grow up? They don't say that. It's the greatest job that there is. There's no real responsibilities. No, they, they, when you ask them that question, they're always telling you they want to be a, a teacher or they want to be a doctor or they want to be a pilot or they want to be a farmer or a fireman or a policeman or something like that. My daughter last week told me, my, my youngest said that she wants to be a teacher when she's five years old um, or six. Oh, she's six. Going to be six in April. She's going to be six in April. And anyhow, the point is that... The point is that... Funny, on my notes it actually says it, every day I'm crucifying myself and I feel like I just might have done that. But... Um, <laughs> The thing is that, is it realistic for a child to say they want to be a policeman? Is it realistic for them to be one as a child? Of course not. I mean, we wouldn't really put them in that position. I mean, if you were gonna have an appendectomy tomorrow and my daughter walks into that room with a scalpel, my advice is to you, run as fast as you can. She can't even peel an apple properly. So it's not realistic for us to, uh, uh, for them to be in those positions now, but is it possible for them to be that? Of course it's possible. They have everything inside of them that they need already. That's why they're dreaming that way. But there's a process that needs to happen, right? There's growth that needs to take place. And so that's the journey. It's one step at a time. And as we do that, as we are intentionally taking one step after the other, that's how our growth will be produced. And that's how we get to put childish things behind us, is where we are intentionally wanting to grow in the Lord, where we want God to lead us. I mean, we are called by God. You are all called by God. We're all called. We saw that tonight so clearly. And he requires us to, there's a responsibility on our end, to take the next Steps, And that's what we're encouraging you with. That's what I'm encouraging you with tonight. The first part is to take next steps. And every time we take a next step, that's happening. The growth is happening. I love what Paul says in Galatians 2.20. He says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so as I've already elaborated every time, we take a next step. And if you're not sure what your next step should be, and we, we saw a great AV tonight on Bible college. And so I wanna encourage you. Of course, I'm gonna encourage you on Bible college. I mean, what's happening is you're putting yourself in a place where you already know what your next step's gonna be every week. You don't even have to think about it. You're making a commitment at the start of the year and then your steps are ordered of the Lord. Every week, you know where you're gonna go. You know what your next step is. 
And you can also have that kind of experience that we saw with the Buckingham family tonight, where it changed the whole family dynamic and there was great spiritual growth in their lives. And, and um, it's, it's just marvelous. The husband is now gonna be joining Bible college as well. So, and before you know it, people will be looking at you and they'll say, what's different about you? You won't even have to preach a message. They'll just see that there's something different about you. And, it's, and that's what's happening inside of you is that growth, that childishness is leaving and we're becoming more and more mature. No one has arrived. That the, the, the only time we don't have to take a next step is when our last breath is breathed. In fact, that will be your last step into the next step. And so, you know what that's gonna do? It's gonna take those good intentions that we've always had and they're now gonna become good fruit. And it's being lived out through our lives and we can't, to the point where we can't contain it. In fact, Galatians 5.22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. I mean, I could try my entire life to bear these fruit, but there's no ways that I would be able to maintain that. I might get one or two right, but it would only be for a short while. The only way that we can bear these fruit is by the power of God. And that by his power, this can become our identity. And there's no law, no government, no situation, no circumstance that can suppress the power of God being lived out through his people. We're just gonna grow one step at a time. And here's the third why. In Ephesians 4, 16, it says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Are you seeing the importance of taking next steps? Why it's important that we have to choose next steps? We should never stagnate. Taking next steps leads to a purpose-filled life. What a great word that word purpose is. It leads to a purpose-filled life. I mean, that word became popular, I think, when that book came out, The Purpose-Driven Life. How many of you read that book or have heard of that title? When I read that book, it got me thinking differently. There is a purpose to our life. It's not just about growing up, getting, you know, leaving school, getting married, having children and, and having a good job and, and working towards a retirement. No, there's so much more to our lives than that. There is a real purpose in our lives and, and people think that purpose is a destination. No, purpose is a journey. And some people, I think, that the enemy would love us to misunderstand the word purpose. And I love that Paul is clearing this up in this verse because if we can't catch this, uh, sorry, if we can catch this, it's gonna change everything that God has purpose for us. You know, maybe sometimes, maybe you're here and you, you're discouraged because you know, you've, you've seen in the Bible that God, you know, he met with Moses in the burning bush and, and you wanna do good with God, you are by God and you, and you wanna serve him, but you, you're saying like, Lord, I want a burning bush experience. I want you to just download the whole thing for me in one go. I've seen you do it in the Bible, do it with me. And, and if you tell me, maybe you're tonight, you say, Lord, if you'll just tell me exactly what it is that, that I'm gonna be doing for the rest of my life, I'm telling you now, I'll give my life to you and I'll do everything. In my life up until today, I've never had that kind of, I've never received a postcard, a purpose postcard where it shows me exactly everything that's gonna happen. 
I don't know if that encourages you or discourages you. But in my life, what I've experienced, and I think everybody here that, uh, uh, you know, would agree that it's happened piece by piece. We talk about this puzzle and God only shows us one piece at a time. But we have to trust Him because He knows the full picture. We have to trust Him. And that's why choosing next steps, that's doing that. That's acting in faith. We're saying, Lord, I believe You. I'm gonna take my next step, believing that You're guiding me into, uh, you know, this journey that You have set out before me. Just don't remain stagnant. Ephesians 4, 16, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. That's always been God's heart. And it's been Apostle Theo's dream that this church would be a church that takes next steps. We're always on the move. We're growing. We're getting healthier. We're growing strong and we're showing the world the love of Jesus. We're on a journey of next steps. And it should take the pressure off. If we know that it's one step at a time, it makes it so much easier for us. Some people might say, yeah, but I'm too old. I'm already in my 60s or my 40s. Now, where do you start when you say getting old? I don't know what number to start at. But let's say I'm in my 40s, my 50s, my 60s, my 70s. I've missed the boat. It's too late. I can't decide now to get onto this journey. Well, that's the thing. It's a journey. It's already happening in your life. You're already on the journey. It's not, there's no big download as I've said. The point is that you can trust God to show you what is my next step, Lord. I'm already on this journey. And if I may have missed it, He puts us right back on track and gets us on our way. The point is that there is no excuse. If I could put it that way, you're not too old. You haven't missed the boat. In fact, if you're here tonight, if you're listening to this, I think God is is saying that you haven't missed the boat. Maybe that's been a wrestle inside of you. Like, I want to, but you know, I should have done it years ago. Well, do it now. That's what God is appealing to you. Get into the game now is His call to you. And allow God to use a message like this to recalibrate a spiritual goal that I wanna share with you. We've spoken about the whys and I'm gonna talk about the how. Ephesians 4.13 says, this will continue. Until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord. So as you continue to take those next steps, God's saying you are going to be mature in the Lord and you will continue just to mature even more and more, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. That word mature, I'm gonna just close with this. I'm I'm bringing this plane into land. That word mature, well, let me say this at least. We know our responsibility. Our responsibility is that we have a call and we need to do something about that. But here's our goal, maturity in the Lord. That's what we're striving towards because when we strive towards that, God says that we'll measure up to the full and complete standard of Christ. We'll be a healthy body. That word mature, the same root word is used when Jesus said His final or breathed His final words on the cross when He said, it is finished. It's the word teleosis. 
Some might be thinking, oh, I thought it was tetelestai. The root word is teleosis, where that word comes from. And that word means finished. It's the same root word. And here's what God has shown me, and I pray the same for you, is that the aim that we have, leaving this message tonight, is yes, we don't have it all figured out today. And yes, there's gonna be some bumps along the road. And, and maybe we might even go two steps forward. And at times it will feel like we've gone maybe two steps back. Sometimes we have that. We feel that. But we thank the Lord we're not where we used to be. We're not really where we wanna be. We're always striving towards it, but we're not where we used to be. And we're not gonna get stuck in religion. We're not gonna get stuck in shame. We're not gonna get stuck in condemnation because Jesus has set us free from all of that. We're gonna go on this journey piece by piece so that when we have lived a full life, we can also say those same words that Jesus did. It is finished. We have completed the race. So now what's the what? I guess you're asking. I'd like you at this point to get a piece of paper out. Look in your handbag or um, your man bag if you have one of those here. But again, go onto the CFC app and you can open this message. I mean, I'm gonna go in there right now. CFC, scroll down, click on notes. It'll open up on your screen. It says seven choices, tap on that. And boom, you're looking at the message notes for tonight. And if you scroll almost all the way down to the bottom, you're gonna to come to the point where it says memory verse. And so if you don't have the app, if you've got your piece of paper, this is what I want you to do. On the one side, I want you to write down the memory verse, which is Proverbs 2.11. Just write that down as a point of reference for you. I'll read it again to you. Wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. We wanna make wise choices because they're gonna watch over us. And then we're gonna commit to a next step. So now we're gonna commit to a next step. How many of you are ready to commit to a next step? Let me see your hands. Show me, you're gonna to commit to a next step. And so let me maybe just give you a couple of ideas. Maybe saying, I wanna to commit to a next step, but what could that be? And so here at Christian Family Church, we have next steps for you. Trust me, as I said, we're a church of next step. The, the first one, we have four values here. The first one is to know God. You could begin to know God tonight by giving your life to Jesus. That could be your next step. You could be at church every week. That could be your next step. Spend time with God every day. We're embarking on 21 days of prayer. Tomorrow morning we start at eight and I encourage you to, to jump on board. I love that, jump on board. The whole ship thing and stuff, it just works well. And you could jump on board and, and, and commit yourself to these 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're not praying for 20 hours a day or eight hours or what have you. It's just for a short period in the morning and then you could fast as well together. Even if it's just a cup of coffee a day, I don't know. It's your decision. The point is, make that your next step. Or, uh, you know, you could, uh, one of our other values is finding freedom. And, and so I, I encourage you to join a group or you could lead a group. If that's what you feel that God has called you to do, and maybe you feel like, yeah, yeah I feel that, but oh, no one's gonna wanna come to a group that I'm leading or, or whatever. I don't know what, the devil's got so many different ways of tricking us. I just feel like, especially with that leader group, some people here right now, boom, they just needed to hear that. They just wanted confirmation from God. And there it is, I believe. 
or we have freedom groups where whatever it is that you enjoy doing in life, just add a bit of ministry to that and you can start a freedom group. Carry on doing what it is that you love doing and just be groupy about it. Or discover your purpose. That's the other value, the third value that we have. And you can do that on growth track. We started growth track step number one today. Next weekend will be your opportunity for step number two. And you can start at step number two. That's how flexible we are here at Christian Planet Church. Start at step number two, but just take a next step. Or Bible college. I think we need another amen there for Bible college. Okay, it's registrations are open right now. So make that your next step. We're open after the service at the counter. So you can register on on Bible college. Your whole year is already planned for you. It's wonderful. And then you could also, you could make a difference. You could be a part of our dream team. Uh, You know, if that's where you feel that you want to get involved and you also want to serve and greet people here at the church and smile at people and stuff. You can do that. And you can get involved in our serve days. We've got a couple of those coming up this year where you can really make a difference in the community and and just really feel good about yourself. I can put it that way and just show the love of God through an action. Question is, what is my next step? And so that's what I want you to do. We've got our memory verse. And if you have the notes in front of you, it says there, my next step is, and there's a blank space for you. If you already know what your next step is, and I'm saying, put it down there. Commit to that next step. It doesn't have to be ministry related. If your next step is getting the stationery for your children, Pastor Johnny was just talking to me about that tonight. If that's your next step, put that down and, and then take these 21 days of prayer and fasting and use that as the launching pad to trust God that He's gonna make a way if that's a trouble for you. Your next step is to witness to somebody and maybe you feel like you're so intimidated to do that. Put that down as your next step. I wanna win someone to Jesus in 2023. And then pray and fast and trust God for an opportunity and a boldness and all of that. Or Bible college, trust Him for the finances, folks, but write down your next step. And I'm gonna ask, well, I wanna pray with every one of us tonight concerning our next steps. So I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads and, and close your eyes Father, I thank you for for every single person that is here tonight that is committed to taking a next step. Whatever that may be, Father, we've jotted them down and they're personal. I pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ that every person has clear direction on what their next step should be. For those that are sitting here, I know, I knew before tonight happened, I knew there would be people here that would come and God would speak to your heart just by hearing this message. I know that's happened tonight with people. I thank you, Father, that they'll be committed to that step. That whatever it is that the enemy would try to do to prevent that from happening, whatever excuse he would bring, whatever obstacle he might even try to put in the way, in the name of Jesus, I command that that will not succeed. But every commitment that is made tonight will be fulfilled in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, for showing those that are still not really sure that you would show them what it is that you want them to do. Make it plain to them right now. In Jesus' name, show us what our next step should be. I believe everybody is quite certain of that. 
Just help us to be committed to that, Father. We don't believe in resolutions and things like that, but we believe in decisions and we believe in trusting you to help us see them through. For every new Bible college student, I'll just speak a blessing over your life tonight in the name of Jesus. Your year will be fantastic. You will come out bigger on the other side in Jesus' name. Whatever the step is that you choose to do, you will grow in God this year. And if you believe that and accept that and receive it, then I want you to shout amen. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a hand. Come on. I'd like to just ask once again for every head to be bowed and every eye to be closed because as I mentioned, there are some here, the next step that you need to take is to invite Jesus into your life. And so if that's you here tonight, if you don't know for sure that if you were to die, that you would go straight to heaven, there's a next step you need to take. When I count to three, I want you to raise your hand indicating to God, Lord, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to start on this journey that you have for me. If you've never had the opportunity to receive Jesus, I'm letting you know you're not here by accident. Tonight is the night. And so when I count to three, I'm going to ask every person who wants to receive Jesus or perhaps come back to him. Maybe you've drifted so far apart. You just know, listen, tonight, the very next thing I need to do is just rededicate my life to the Lord. I'm going to ask you at the count of three to raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand right now. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. That's the very first step we need to take. I wouldn't want you to leave. And I'm asking you, please don't leave here. Not sure of your salvation. That would be the wrong step. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Don't allow that step to to pass you by. Anyone else? I'm about to pray. If there's anyone else, you can raise your hand. A leader is coming to you and they're placing their hand on your shoulder. We just want to stand in agreement with you. If, if no one, if you don't feel a hand on your shoulder, just keep your hand raised and we're gonna come to you and we're gonna all pray this prayer right now. Everybody, I'm gonna ask everybody to pray this prayer, those at home, in the, in the family room and everybody here in the auditorium. As I'm, it's a very simple prayer that I'm gonna pray. Just repeat it after me. And for those that have your hands raised, I want you to think about the words that you're saying. You're about to commit your life to Jesus Christ and secure your name in heaven. Let's say this, say, Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending Jesus. You caused him to die in my place so that I don't have to. I know that I can never be good enough for heaven. But tonight, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sin. Jesus, you are the Son of God and you rose from the dead on the third day and I give my life to you. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, 
www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 